Grace and mercy and peace belong to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The most dangerous week in the year for a Christian. Many of you have heard that someone has described the week following Easter as that. The most dangerous week in the year for a Christian. That's something of an exaggeration. And yet give it some thought. For the past seven weeks and more, you and I have been gathering regularly with special services to focus our our minds on the suffering and death of Jesus for our sins. And, And then came the climax of, of Holy Week, where we have recounted Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, his institution of, of Holy Communion on Monday, Thursday, his trial and suffering and death on the cross on Good Friday, and then the explosion of, of joy and victory on Easter morning. And what is often in our, in our human sinful weakness What often happens in us the week following Easter after so much buildup? Sometimes it's uh, a deflation, uh, an emotional letdown. And in that kind of emotional deflation and letdown that can sometimes happen in in that vacuum... That's often when the devil can come and tinker with us. He can do that in many ways. One of the ways is that he can quietly plant in us questions of uncertainty. Oh, the whole Easter thing, did that that really happen? Is 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 it really true or 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 is it just one of all different kinds of stories that that people have told themselves over thousands of years just to try to find some way to get through life this morning jesus speaks to us about that and as he does let's let's consider this as our main thought our, our main theme that jesus lives to confront our uncertainty. It's Easter Sunday evening. Reports and and rumors of Jesus' resurrection from the dead are running wild. Most of the disciples have gathered together in one room. The, The doors are locked and suddenly Jesus stands there among them. Peace be with you. First thing he tells them. And he shows them the nail marks in his hands and the spear mark in his side and and the the room just pulsates and shakes with joy. But one of the disciples, Thomas, is not there that night. And in the week that follows, and according to the the Greek, it it, it seems that throughout the week, the the other disciples kept telling Thomas, we have seen the Lord. We, We really have seen the Lord. 
But Thomas keeps telling them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Well, a week later, the disciples are together inside again. Once again, the doors are locked. This time, however, Thomas is with them. And suddenly there's Jesus. Peace be with you, he tells them. And then he speaks directly to Thomas. Put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. In response, Thomas delivers one of the shortest but most potent confessions of faith in all of Scripture. My Lord and my God, he says. My Lord and my God. Jesus died on the cross to wash all our sins away. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. You and I give these confessions of faith, whether here in church or at our homes or sharing our faith with others. But then the questions of uncertainty can come. Maybe. But how about maybe not? Who's to say? How do we know? When, not if, but when the uncertainties come, brothers and sisters. Here's one thing to consider. Before the events of Easter, Jesus' disciples were, they were like a comedy team driven by so much fear. You recall, at Jesus' arrest, they, they all scattered and abandoned him. When, when people recognized Peter as one of Jesus' disciples, he cursed and he swore that he was not. And where were the disciples on Easter morning? Were they standing there at the tomb ready to sing all kinds of hymns of praise? They were all huddled together behind locked doors because they were afraid that they were next, that the authorities were going to drag them out and take them to the cross. Confused, frightened, timid. These are the kinds of words that the disciples before Easter were illustrating with their lives. Well, now let me read to you a variety of early non-biblical reports from early church history. Let me read to you some descriptions that, that popped up in the years after Easter and, and after the, the books of the New Testament. Now, some of these early descriptions vary about these various disciples, but I, I think you'll get the idea. Early church history tells us that, or part of it tells us, that Peter was crucified upside down for proclaiming Christ. Andrew crucified during the two days that it took for him to die he called upon the spectators standing below him to believe in Jesus as their Savior. James, beheaded 
His courage brought his accuser to faith. John, exiled. Philip, crucified. Bartholomew, flayed alive and beheaded. Matthew, killed with a sword. James the Younger, stoned to death. Matthias, stoned to death. Judas, Thaddeus, crucified. Simon, crucified. And there was Mark. Some early reports tell us that he was dragged to death. Luke, hanged on an olive tree. Paul, beheaded. And Thomas, doubting Thomas. According to early, some early accounts, Thomas was run through with a spear while proclaiming Jesus Christ in India. Something had happened to these men. Something had happened to, to change them from, from pure frady cats to, to ferocious lions willing to face hardship and persecution and horrible deaths all for the sake of proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the one through whom we receive full forgiveness of sin and peace with God and eternal life in heaven. What happened? Someone confronted them. Jesus confronted them. Jesus came to them as the living Lord and Savior who had risen from the dead. And those disciples were never the same. Jesus lives to confront our uncertainty. He confronts our uncertainty, our uncertainty with himself, and he confronts our uncertainty with his word. My Lord and my God, Thomas says to Jesus. In response, Jesus says, Have you believed because you have seen me? And then Jesus looks beyond Thomas and thinks about you and me. He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And with that, John, the, the inspired author of this account, looks straight at you and me across the centuries and he writes this, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Perhaps you have heard the story of Alexander Rostovsev, or perhaps not. If you have, the story is worth hearing again. Alexander Rostovsev was a successful theater and, and film star in the days of Soviet Russia. He had had some exposure to Christianity as a child, but, but since then he had become a militant 
atheist. And he was only too happy to help his government tear down the Christian faith. And so part of that involved that he, he wanted to take the, the lead role in a Moscow play. The Moscow play was entitled Christ in a Tuxedo. Christ in a Tuxedo was a comedy farce intended to discredit Christianity by making audiences laugh at Jesus. Scene two was to be Alexander's big entrance. In scene two, he was to walk in dressed as looking like Jesus. He was to read two verses from the Gospel of Matthew. And then once he read those two verses, then he was to take off his Jesus robe. He was to call out, give me my tuxedo and top hat, and then go into some silly song and dance routine as Jesus. Scene two arrives. Out comes Alexander, dressed as Jesus on cue. No doubt to the chuckles and guffaws of the audience. And then he proceeds to read the two verses from the Gospel of Matthew. But as he reads them, something happens. He begins to tremble. When the two verses are done, he, he ignores the script of the play and he keeps on reading. Well, now the other actors on stage are, are getting uneasy, nervous. They try various stunts to try to get Alexander to stop, but Alexander keeps reading. Before he's done, the words passing over Alexander's tongue and coming out of his mouth are, 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 are seizing him and confronting him, changing him. Before the now angry director pulls down the curtain, Alexander shouts out something that he remembers from his childhood. The words of the thief on the cross. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Before he left that stage, Alexander Rostovsev had come to faith in Jesus as his Savior from sin. That is the power of the Word of God you hold in your hand every time you hold this book. Jesus lives to confront our uncertainties with himself and with his word. Read it, you and I. Let's digest it, you and I. Be washed in the blood, you and I. And be at peace. Amen.
May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.